We're in week three of our Family Matters series. Last week, you know, we did an introduction where we talked about the attack on the family. Uh, Then last week, we talked to the men. And this week, as promised, it's your turn, ladies. Men, got your ameners warmed up? Because we're not going at all where you thought we were, men. Sorry. All right. Last week, we talked about men and leadership and really leadership in creating parameters for your family. It's not supposed to be the world that dictates where our family goes. Amen? You are. Men, women, you're supposed to be determining what happens in your family. And this morning, I want to talk about godly women in an ungodly world. Um, And let me just begin the same way I did in the first service. I want you to know that for all of my life, I have been a man. Now, I don't say that to say anything other than this. I don't know anything about being a woman. So ladies, it would be presumptuous of me, today I'm going to tell you how to be godly women. How many of you know that that's just a mistake in the making? Amen? I'm not going to try to, because I don't know anything about being a woman, but our Heavenly Father does. He created both male and female, and He is, he, he is completely qualified in His Word to lay out some things. So the only thing I got is the Word today. I got zero experience. I want you to know that I'm not in touch with my feminine side at all. All right? I like being a guy. I think my wife likes me being a guy. Amen? How many of you women like guys who are guys? Amen? Now, I'm not, I'm not knocking. I don't even know what I'm knocking. I'm just walking. I'm just killing time to let you know that I don't think I know anything about being a woman. All right? I don't want to get those emails. How dare you try to tell me how to be a woman? I don't know anything about being a woman. I just want to go on record right now. But the Lord does. Say amen to that. Uh, Let me read some scripture. And in this way, I don't know, I think there's some great things in God's word. And I think there are some powerful principles here. Romans chapter 12, speaking to both men and women, Paul writes in verse 1, he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, men and women, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Now listen to verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Say amen. Listen, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We're going to begin, let me tell you just a brief deal, and I didn't give the first service this, but the next sermon series we're going to do, I'm very excited about it because I've been praying for a long time, Lord, how do we, how do we lead? How do I lead? How do we as a body of Christ at Abundant Life, how do we navigate this world? Because some of you know, this is a different world we're living in today. How do we navigate this world so that we're not a stick in the mud, but at the same time, we're living by biblical principles? I want to be relevant, but I don't want to compromise God's word. Lord, how do we do both? And so I think the Lord's given me a word uh, and let me just tell you, we're going to, we, this next sermon series, and sort of a, sort of a tagline, I think, for our church, we're going to call, the next sermon series is going to be called Vintage, Cool People Living Out Old Truth. I like that, don't you? I'm not sure we'll pull off the cool people part, unless me, but I think it's possible to be relevant in today's world and do it by living biblical truth. I think it's going to be a novelty that you can be cool and love Jesus, not in some sort of, sort of surface way, but deep, biblical, abiding Word of God living in you. And at the same time, be as cool as you can. Amen? Like I said, I've got, I've got some younger people that are schooling me on cool because I know what 1970s cool is. Let me break out them platform heels anytime now, all right? Those polyester disco shirts. And my kids are throwing up in their throats right now a little bit. All right? They'll do it, Dad. I think that this, this fits in this sermon this morning because, ladies, I think, you're, I think our world's a pressure cooker. Now, I said I wasn't in touch with my feminine side, but one of the things that I love to do is cook. I grew up at a time, in fact, for the first, I don't know, 10 years of my life, I didn't know women cooked. You say, What? 
I lived for a number of years with my grandmother and grandfather, and I didn't know my grand- grandmother to cook at all, ever. My grandfather had run restaurants, and he did all the cooking in my family. And ladies, you should have married somebody like that. <laughs> Amen? Because I love to cook. In fact, if you clean, I'll cook. You do the dishes, I'll make the mess. And so last night, Leanne, on nights that Leanne works, I always make dinner. And last night, I don't mind telling you, I made a wonderful cashew chicken. It was good. It was so good, Jack ate two servings. The part that I was going to eat for lunch today, my wife took for her lunch at the hospital. <laughs> so I'm going to cook again, all right? Last night, the reason I tell you that is because I used our Instapot. I love, I knew about Instapot before anybody else did because we pasteurized milk in it. When we had our animals, we would use it before anybody else knew about it. And so... I don't know, men and and even young ladies, you may not know what a pressure cooker does. A pressure cooker works the way it does because normally if you use an open pot, steam and evaporation lets heat and moisture leave and you can only get stuff up to a certain temperature. You put it in a pressure cooker, you trap all of that moisture, you trap all of that heat and you can actually elevate the temperature well above the temperature that water boils at. And flavors that you put into the pressure cooker, this really isn't a cooking lesson. This is about what we're talking about today. Hold on. You're like, man, he slipped into the feminine side really quickly there. Yeah, I'm, 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 listen, you guys start cooking. Your wife will love you more, all right? Joe Roth, it wouldn't hurt you to make Peggy a meal or two. Say amen, Peggy. I teach him up. I raise him up how to do it right, and then you just amen it, all right? Listen, some of your ladies are like, please don't make my husband cook me a meal. All right, But the flavors in that pressure cooker get pressed into the meat and the cooking process happens very quickly and the absorption of the flavors happens a lot quicker. Now, as it relates to values and as it relates to philosophies, our world today is a pressure cooker. Things are changing very rapidly. Belief systems that were once held on to are getting discarded very quickly because of the pressure being applied by the world, specifically this morning, for women to be certain things. And those things really aren't what God has called you to be. It's a pressure cooker. It forces values in very quickly. And things that used to be are changing very quickly. And women today, once again... Not from my perspective, because I don't know anything about it, but the Lord does. Women are living in a societal pressure cooker. And pressures upon young women and women at every stage of life, they're real. And I just want to address a couple of those today. And create some margin for you ladies, that instead of you thinking you have to be what the world says you have to be, you can be who the Lord has created you to be. Because I would think you, I want you to know, and, and let me just say this too, there's no margin in my life for any belief system at all that says that women, you are somehow supposed to be less than men. I think it's supposed to be a partnership created by God that elevates both men and women as men are who God's created them to be and women are who they're created to be side-by-side partners in this thing called life, and it elevates both people to a place that leaders not going to find outside of that. There's increased pressure. Let me give you a couple of these, just real quickly, things that I think the world is so pressing upon women today, and I think it's just taking the life and the hope and the joy out of people. The first one is this idea of body. This, this idea to conform to the world's image of what the perfect woman is in her shape, in her image, in her form, in her age, in her hair, in her skin, in her height, in her weight, in her youth. Satan has an image that he wants in the minds of women and it is absolutely contrary to God's created order. Satan wants to seize the emotions. The the family is under attack, and he's attacking men, and he's attacking women. He wants to seize the emotions and the values and the self-image of women, and he wants to substitute a counterfeit. This idea that there is just one ideal, 
a certain height, a certain weight, a certain age, a certain form. I, I found a website this week as I was searching, researching for some of this, and it talked about the perfect female body image through the decades. I thought, hey, I'd like to know what the perfect woman looks like, so I'll be able to identify her when I meet her. Yeah, yeah. Preacher, you better start thinking that you get up next to her every morning if you want to live much longer. Amen? Mark, you just pay attention here, brother. You've been married five minutes. I'm going to teach you some things. All right? Here's what's amazing about it is that this was in a, this was in a worldly publication, and even it admitted, without any apology though, that about every year... The target moves. And if you begin in 1900, when, when illustrations began, there was a, and I'm trying to remember the something girl. It was a Gibson girl. There it is. Thank you. I know you're not old enough to remember that, but, and Gibson girls were the first image, a, a, a particular, a, one guy, it's always a guy. Have you noticed it's always a guy that sculpts what the perfect woman looks like? And he drew the Gibson girl. Gibson girl had a slightly curvy form. She was taller than the average woman. Long arms, long neck, tiny little corseted waist. And I'll leave the rest to your imagination. Ten years later, the flapper came on the scene. They were without curves of any kind. All the lines were straight. Go another decade, and you get into the, to the age of the, in the 30s and the 40s, you get into the 50s, suddenly curves were back. 60s, it changes again. 70s, you begin to see the advent of the supermodel. And I don't know if you know about these Amazon women, but they're like six feet three, and six feet of that is legs. All right? Um, um, ladies, I'm just, and it moves. And then suddenly in the 80s, the supermodel came to this place where two movements, I've, I watched this. The first one was the waif. And, and forgive me, but they look like, they look like Holocaust survivors. Emaciated, incredibly thin, incredibly, uh, I'm sorry, malnourished. No feminine curves at all. Then in the 80, early 80s, a whole new term, heroin chic, where you had to look like you'd been doing drugs for two years to be considered beautiful. And then it changed again to a more curve. My point is, is that society keeps moving the scale on you ladies about what beauty looks like. Here's what's amazing to me in that, through all of that, you can get old and be a fat guy, and if you've got enough money, you're handsome. Yeah. I can get gray and pot-bellied, and if I don't shave for a couple of days, oh, you're kind of, you're all right. But ladies, you, you've got this constantly, now it's the lumberjack beard guy. I can just not shave for a year. Oh, man, that guy's kind of good looking. <laughs> Come on. How many of you say, that's not fair? Say amen. Come on, ladies, this is your chance. That's not my point. My point is this. The world can't make up its mind about what is beautiful. Can't make up its mind about what you're supposed to look like. And you are supposed to live in the pressure of that. In a book, and I didn't read the whole book, and Tina Fey is no kind of prophet, but she wrote a book called Bossy Pants. Now, I don't know any woman that that applies to, personally. <laughs> Bossy Pants. But she said this. Listen to this. Now, every girl is expected to have Caucasian blue eyes, full Spanish lips, a classic button nose. I did alter a couple of words in this. Hairless Asian skin with a California tan, a Jamaican dance hall bottom, long Swedish legs, small Japanese feet, the abs of a gym owner, and the hips of a nine-year-old boy with the arms of Michelle Obama. 
There you go. Sounds like Mr. Potato Head to me. Plug the lips in, plug the eyes in, change the ears constantly. Amen. I'm going to write the book called Mr. Potato Head and the Women in the 2000. You just keep plugging it in. You keep moving it. And then women are left with this belief that they're not whatever. And this comparison thing goes on. There's this constant shifting movement. But I want you to know that God created a lot of diversity, a lot of individual things. And you're not supposed to be what somebody else says. You're supposed to be who God made you to be. That image needs to be informed by the Word of God and not the world, not the Internet, not social media, not supermodels, not the fashion industry that's constantly trying to sell you something You need to understand that God made you, you. Amen? And anyone who tells you, anything that tells you that you are less in some way because of your genetics or your height or your your age or your nationality or the tone of your skin or the color of your hair or the gray that begins to appear in your hair, any image that comes from the world that says that you are less because of those things, that's not God and that's not who you're supposed to be worried about impressing. Ladies, let me also say this, and I understand the the self-defeat in this. You don't exist and have value because of what any male says other than the father. I'm sorry, we call him father, but you do understand that God is neither male nor female. You get that? He alone understands fully what it means to be male and fully what it means to be. He's not androgynous. He's not not some some sort of messed up, you know, creator that doesn't understand, but he created you to be what you are and he fully understands it and you don't have value because the society says you do or some male says you do. You have value because your heavenly father created you to be who you are. Amen? And don't, don't, don't buy into the pressure that's being put on you to conform or to feel good about yourself because of image. Because even the world is confused about what that is and it's always moving. And that's not a standard that anybody can uphold. There's not only increased pressure on women to conform to image, there's also increased pressure on women to see themselves less and less distinct from what a man is. Now, I know there's all kinds of questions in our world about gender today, but there's not any questions in God's Word. It's pretty clear. That's not the subject of this. But let me see if I can illustrate it this way. Form is, is image is not created. What do I mean by that? Any of you, any of you beach lovers? You love going to the beach. We got any people that, that, that their favorite place to be is near the ocean on the beach? All right. Anywhere. Just, you just want to be anywhere or you like being on the beach anywhere? Anywhere. Sharon's just happy anywhere. All right, good. Some of you that love the beach, remember, remember and you still see them all the time, the little plastic forms you know you you get the little bucket and it's got the little shovel and in there it's also got a little starfish shaped mold and it's got a little little fish shaped mold and it's got the little square deal that you can make the castles and you you know you go down there with your kids right on the edge of the where the water is coming in so that the sand is that packable sand and you get your little forms and you start packing and you build a castle and then you take the little starfish deal and you pack the sand listen you pack it down under good and you flip it upside down and you pull it off and what do you have no, you got sand. That's not a starfish. All right. I got you, didn't I? All right. Listen, it won't matter how, how well you press it into the form. It's still just sand. Amen. You can push it. You can try to conform it. You can even heat it up. You can take the sand and heat it up to a temperature where it melted and became glass. And you can have an exquisite shape. But it's not ever going to become a starfish. Amen. I want you to know that just like that little simple illustration is true, it doesn't matter what you press a man into, he's always going to be a man. And it doesn't matter how you press a woman into a form that may look like a man, that is still created to be a woman. 
I'm not trying to make a political statement. I'm not arguing any of that. I just want you to know that on the authority of God's Word, there are things, strengths, ideals, goodness, wholesomeness, things that cannot be formed into something else. No matter what the world says, women and men are, they're just different. I tell you right now, Leanne and I, we are different. I don't see the world the way she sees it. Ever. And she doesn't see it like I see it. And that's not weakness. She doesn't get better as she sees it more like me. She doesn't get more intelligent. You know, if you just think like a man, oh my Lord. If she thought like a man, well, first of all, I'd be in big trouble. Amen? And, and she doesn't get better or more productive or more industrious or more noble or more intelligent or more strategic. She already has all those things. She just sees them through a different lens than I see them. And it's together that we become powerful. We become powerful, not in our similarities, but in our differences. That she's not less, she's not less capable. In fact, in a bunch of really, really important things, she's much more capable than I am. She has qualities that are just better than me in some areas. Somebody says to me in a joke, Pastor Roy, are you rich? And I go, dude, I am poor. Now, my wife, she is rich. What do I mean by that? I got money in the bank I don't even know exists. Why? Because my particular wife has abilities that I don't have. You say, Pastor Roy, you, I'd give it all away. I mean, I just would. I just don't. I'm not oriented that way. Every dollar, men, if you, if you don't have a wife like this, I feel sorry for you. Every dollar I got in the bank, she put there. Every one of them. And if something happens to her, I'm going to need somebody to help me try to find it all. All right? I'm just telling you because I'm convinced. Yeah, well, anyway, all right? Yeah. There are things in my family that are so important that she's so much better than me at. Some of you men are like, well, you're not really helping me at all here, preacher. Yes, I am. All right? You need to understand the treasure that is your wife. And young men, you need to understand what a treasure a godly, beautiful young woman is. You need to understand the treasure. Young women, you need to understand that you are a treasure not because some man tells you that you are or because the world says that you are. You're a treasure right now. You need to find a guy that will treat you like a treasure. Amen? Young women, you need to, you need to learn to sign. Stop right there. Some guy, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, how you doing? Stop right there. All right? Hey, uh, could you help me? Could I have your number because I lost mine? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get behind me, Satan. Why? Because you're a treasure. You're a treasure. Ladies, say with me, I'm a treasure. I I, I, I was back in my office between services and Rebecca Fulcher, who's at the other campus, she texted me, she said, Pastor Roy, all day long, I'm going to be telling Michael I'm a treasure. (laughs) Ladies, he needs to know you're a treasure. Amen? He needs to treat you like you're a treasure. And ladies, you're not a treasure because some guy says you are. You're a treasure because the Lord says you are. The message of Satan is to fulfill yourself and let no one stand in your way. But the Lord says that it's together. It is together that we become all that we're intended to be. Let me show you some things. And I want to take you to one more section of Scripture and just sort of preach through this just for a second. And then bring this to a conclusion. What's the purpose of all this, ladies? To get you to understand that your image and your well-being and your strength and your character doesn't come from the world. It comes from your Heavenly Father. 
It doesn't come from a man. It doesn't come from the money you make. It doesn't come from the youth that you hold. It doesn't come from the way you look. It doesn't come from the skin color or the, or the, or the, or the position that you've acquired or how many people. No, your value is inherent within you from your heavenly Father. You don't need anybody else to tell you that you're valuable. Let me show you a section of Scripture and interpret it in a way that maybe you haven't seen it. It's Proverbs chapter 31, beginning in verse 10. We've all heard about a Proverbs 31 woman, right? If you haven't heard that, let me introduce you to Proverbs chapter 31. Beginning in verse 10, it's a list of characteristics. Now, I don't want you to look at this list today in the past tense, that because this woman is these things, she has value. I think this is really intended to be a prototypical design for every woman created by the Lord. This is your potential. This is your potential before a husband. This is your potential before you've ever had your first boyfriend. This is who God has created you to be able to be, ladies. As you find him as your center, as you find your value in him, as you find all that the Lord has created you to be, these are the potential for you. Anybody that tells you that you are less than this is the devil, whether he's human or not, but this is who you were created by your heavenly father to be. You ready? Here it is. This was written, now remember this, this was written in a, in a society where most ladies had a husband, but this is true about the woman regardless of the husband. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. That's a treasure. Say amen. amen. Virtuous and capable, that's your potential. You have the potential in the Lord to be virtuous and capable, and that makes you a treasure. Ladies, look at the men sitting next to you if there is one and say, hey, big boy, I'm a treasure. Go ahead, Alicia, tell him. Uh, I'm a treasure. Pastor Roy said, don't you forget it, new husband of mine. Joe, that's a treasure sitting next to you, buddy. Amen, that's right. Joe's going home and fix lunch today. <laughs> she is more precious than rubies. Watch this. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. Ladies, whether there's a husband or not, God has created you with great ability to be trustworthy. First of all, let me just do these as I go through the scripture. You have great value, ladies, your treasure. Secondly, you can be trusted and enrich the lives of your family, your husband, and those around you. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Verse 13, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. In that world... She's industrious. Ladies, you can do things. You have a mind created by God to be industrious. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. First of all, she's got people under her, women, you can be a leader. Oh, no, no, now. Men are supposed to be leaders. No. No, this is talking about a Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, she's got people under her. She's got, and listen, it says she buys a field and with her earnings then plants a vineyard. That sounds like an entrepreneur to me. Amen? Come on, ladies. You have the ability to build and to grow and to lead and to become. You say, yeah, but that's because she's got a husband. No, this isn't talking about the husband. This is talking about the woman. You're going to hear in a moment what her husband becomes because of her, not the other way around. You say, you're trying to mess up God's created order. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get women to see who they are. And men, I want you to know, I've never been afraid of a strong woman. And if you don't know my wife, <laughs> I can prove it. All right? A pushover, she's not. She goes to inspect a field and buys it with her earnings. She plants a vineyard. Listen to verse 17. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Woo, this woman is financially wise. Oh, no, now, now men, 
men are better with money than women. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's not, you say, and watch this, where'd that come from? Because the Word of God is describing a woman who is financially astute. She's investing. She bought a field. She made money off of it. Then she went and bought a vineyard, made money off of that. She's financially wise in what she's doing. Not because her husband taught her to be. She was created by God with the ability to do those things. Say amen. Amen. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twisting fiber. Listen to verse 20. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. This is a generous person caring for those that have needs around her. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspread. She dresses. I love this. She dresses in fine linen. She's generous. She's strategic. Listen to this. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. This is a well-dressed woman. Ladies, next time you get ready to buy clothes, you, oh, you don't need to buy clothes. You say, Proverbs 31 says that a Proverbs 31 woman is dressed in fine linen and purple. Hey, bub, you want me to be all that God has orchestrated me to be? I got to do some shopping. Now, remember, she's financially wise. All things in moderation. You got it? So, you know, goodwill looks good on some people. All right, now listen. She's doing both. She's not spending her husband into oblivion, but she's also put together. Listen, cool people living old truths. You don't have to walk around in sackcloth and ashes to please the Lord. Amen? Not because the world says you're supposed to look like a particular thing, because you've derived the North Star from your life out of God's Word. Amen? She's put together, man. She's well-dressed. I love this next one. Listen to this. Verse 23. Man, this is so good. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. Now, this section is not about her husband. This is about her. Her husband becomes who he is because of who she is. Her husband is well respected at the city gates because of his wife. Hey, hey, hey. this guy, like me, married way, Ron. This dude is. He is out punting his coverage. That's for the husbands. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This guy out punted his coverage. He is punching way out of his weight class. Y'all don't get it? He married way out of his league. He's sitting at the city gates, and he's respected because of the virtue, because of the qualities. He married that woman that bought the field and then made money on it and bought the vineyard. Why didn't I marry a woman like that? Got it? That's a proverb. That's a God-created woman. She's making things happen. She's brought respect. She's elevated him. Not the other way around. Amen? Come on, that's... If the world, listen, if the world says to you the Bible pushes women down, you tell them, you need to go talk to my pastor. Because Proverbs 31 talks about a woman that goes, buys things and moves things up and elevates her husband, makes her family safe. She's moving things around. She's a leader. She's an entrepreneur. She's shaping the world. That's no lightweight. That ain't no doormat there. Come on, amen? And men, if you want a doormat for a wife, go somewhere else to church. We're raising up warrior princesses of God here that have the ability to elevate the world. I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that there's not a cooperativeness that husbands in leadership roles have the, listen, I'm not talking about some lapdog husband either. I'm looking for warriors, married to warriors, who elevate the whole arena around them. Amen? Come on, say amen. Amen. Her husband is well known in the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed. Listen to this. When she speaks, 
Her words are wise. She's not asking her husband, what should I say? No, she's saying, let me tell you what I think about what you should do. When she speaks, her words are, they are wise. Inherent in her is wisdom. And she gives instructions with kindness. She's teaching. She's strong and dignified. Verse 27, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Man, her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. That doesn't sound like somebody under somebody's thumb to me. Does it you? And she's not that way because culture shaped her. She's that way because her eyes are affixed on a heavenly father. She knows who she is because of the created DNA in her. There are many virtuous. She's joyous. She's a wise teacher. She's kind. She's diligent. And she's praised by her husband and her children. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. It moves every decade. Beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Why is she able to do all those things? Because the woman being described in Proverbs 31 has gotten her identity not from the world, and men, I'm sorry, not from her husband. She has derived who she is from the presence of God in her life. These attributes have come straight out of the Godhead. They have come straight out of the description that the Word describes. They have come straight out of the image of what a woman who loves the Lord with all of her heart. This is a woman who has sought first the kingdom of God and then all of the blessings from that life have come out of her. Does the Scripture prescribe that the husband is the priest of the home? Yes, it does. Should there be a respect, a mutual admiration? Yes. Is there a leadership structure in the Scriptures? Yes, there is. But at no place does that show a male-dominated patriarchal system in which women are subjected to some evil, small-minded, ungodly thing. The Scripture in the word of God is for a, a, a young man who loves the Lord with all of his heart and has hidden the word of God in his heart to develop in the strength and the character and in the capability and in the well-being strong enough that he can handle a woman with these abilities. You can't be a pansy and be married to this woman. You've got to be a man of God, centered in character, strong enough to recognize both your strengths and weaknesses and her strengths and weaknesses. And as those two come together, my Lord, look our world. And that's the biblical picture. Now, some of you here this morning, worship team, come back, please. Some of you ladies here today, you say, well, I'm, I'm not that. Well, here's the wonderful thing about our Savior. You can start today. You can say, I've already made a hundred mistakes. I I didn't marry that kind of a guy. I married that other kind of guy. There's also scripture in here that talks about how that a godly person, and specifically it talks about how a godly wife redeems the home. Start being who God created you to be. Stop following the world's image And being insecure about what the world has said that you're supposed to be. How does that start? It starts just like the simple chorus that we were singing at the end that we're going to sing again in a moment. It starts with you, ladies. Young, middle-aged, more memories behind you than in front of you, you think? Later in life. It starts with a rededication to say, Father, I give myself fully to you. This world has so input this idea of value. And I don't get this. I never have. There's things that I just don't, I don't get. I'm, 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 there are lots of times when I'm a lousy husband. 
They just are. But I have never for a second thought that Leanne has value because of me. If anything, I've thought the opposite. I thought, man, she could have married somebody a lot more something than me. Ladies, you you don't get value from the person that you marry. You got to start off with the idea of who you are. Even if you're in a marriage now and you wish you had heard this a long time ago, I want you to know that you can start today saying, I am who he says I am. I can be who he has created me to be. No matter what your examples were, no matter where you're living today, no matter what mistakes you made, he's a redeemer. You can start today believing who the Lord says you are. Proverbs 31, woman. Take that list. Go through and read it. Make yourself a list. I'm going to be industrious. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to be, I am a treasure. You ought to start with that first one, that first verse. I am like, I'm a treasure. You can write in little letters. That jerk better believe me. All right. No, don't write that part. Listen. If you're engaged with a man that doesn't treat you that way, you know why he doesn't? Because he doesn't know who he is either. He's insecure in who God created him to be. And he doesn't understand that it's all right for him to have some weaknesses and you to make up the difference. That as you're together, you become one really good unit. Men, if you're here today and you're one of those guys that only feels strong, When somebody else feels weak, let the Lord strip that out of you today. You don't have to do that. I promise you men, as you lift her up, she'll pull you up with her. Your life will get better. You start treating her like a treasure, like you got really lucky one day, because you know you did. You caught her in a high fever and got her married before she came to her senses. You know what I'm talking about? She was sort of delirious and said yes. God will pull you both up. That's his plan. He's a redeemer, ladies. But you're a treasure. Young ladies, young women, you're a treasure. Greta, you're a treasure, sweetie. Some boy doesn't treat you. Abby, you're a treasure. I know these two. Somebody didn't treat you like a treasure, Pastor Roy's going to get them. <laughs> I can just tell you right now. Grandpa was in here earlier. Come on. Treasures. Treasures. One last little piece. Why? Man, I'm going to make a statement here, and you may, not, you may not like it. I can assure you on the authority of God's word, my wife's a better person than I am why I want you to I've never heard anybody never heard anybody preach this never said it written never seen it written anywhere and there may be theologians that would disagree with me that's all right I believe what I believe I think it's in the created order I was made from the dirt men you were made from the dirt Dave Bean you and I are just dirt mud pies breathed into by God my wife And if you don't believe the creation story, all right. Scripture says that the Lord took one of Adam's ribs and he made Eve. One step more divine than me. One step further refined than me. God made me male. And then he he took part of what he had already made and refined it and made something else. I think you're just better stuff. One step further touched by God than we are. Men, treat them that way. Now, there are times when the the delight of my heart drives me insanely crazy. Come on, 
Nobody pushes my buttons like Leanne Rhodes. Amen? Nobody. My kids are here. All right? My daughter's got a big smile on her face. I'm going to reveal something my wife doesn't even know. Uh, 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 No, I think I did tell her this. Our 37th anniversary was October the 2nd. Yeah. In Arkansas, they'll let you get married when you're three. And so, right. I was down at the barn, and my daughter texted me, Becca, in the back of the room. She said, is today your anniversary, or is it tomorrow? And my text back, I said, today's my anniversary. Where's my present for not drowning your mom? All right? It's a joke, all right? And Becca said, it's right here. I'm your present. I'm your present. No, my present is in that thing behind, next to her. Your grandkids are your present for not drowning your kids, all right? (laughs) Ladies, God created you. Wonderful. A treasure. Precious. Not weak. Not enabled. And you don't have to depend on culture or any man to tell you that you are that. Men, that's not threatening to you at all. Because the moment you, you wake up one morning and you're next to a daughter of God who knows who she is, your life just, the potential of your life just increased. Ladies, don't you settle. Don't you settle for some fill in the blank, all right? And men, create space for your the ladies in your life, daughters and wives, to be wife. <laughs> we don't believe in wives. Just one. That Solomon didn't have a lick of sense, all right? Create the expectation that the lover of your soul and your wife has got strengths you don't have and that you never will and that God brought you what you needed. Father, we love you this morning. Oh, Lord, let this be a place that men and women rise to their greatest potential. Because Because we understand, Father, how you created us and we recognize, Lord, the wonder in the difference. We weren't created to be the same. But we also weren't created for one to be more. We were created, Lord, to to accomplish together what we could never do, not just in marriage, Father, in society. There are just things that men cannot be and cannot do as well as a woman. And there are things that a woman can do and be that no man can do and be. Both strong, both creative, both leaders, But we bring, Father, the diversity of your creation to it in a way that lifts. It doesn't push down. Bless, Father, this morning. Would you stand with me? And just like we did last week, ladies, would you join me down here? Not just moms, not just just ladies, just women. Young women. going to take a few moments and we're going to pray and we're going to pray that you'd be surrounded by people that understand you're a treasure and we're going to pray that your life would be filled with peace and joy and that the people around you would recognize you for who you are man I'm just telling you right now we got some good looking ladies in this place all of them come on men we got some good looking women in this place oh you guys Father, I pray this morning for each one of these ladies. Lord, if there's been anybody in their life 
that has diminished them, that has made them feel worthless or worth less than they are. If there's been a moment where they've been used in any way or abused in any way, if they've not had someone, Lord, that has told them that they're beautiful and that they're intelligent, if they've not been reminded that that their value is in them, it's not in it's not in any other individual, it's not in the world, that they have value because they are. And that they're beautiful because they are. And that their age or their height or their weight or their skin tone or their education or their any of that, Father, that none of that, none of that, Lord, reveals the beauty and the worth and the glory that you placed in them and that this world with its constantly shifting design about what all that is that's a lie lord it's a it's an image created father by a corrupt system that has no idea about the value of each one of these women lord it can't it's it's too small can't possibly see them for who they are. Beautiful, wondrous, because of how you made them. Any of them that have suffered the injustices that this world has foisted upon them, I pray this morning, Father, you would redeem them. Redeem that part of them. Lord, if they, if they fell prey to that in some way, and they were engaged, Lord, deeply in that system, and they ended up on the back end of that empty and hurt and something they lost something in that transition father lord i pray you'd give it back to them today renew their hearts renew their self-image renew their value in their minds father let them see themselves for who they are daughters of the most high god lord with strength and beauty and ability lord because of who they are Bless them, Father. Bless.